Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to MBR, or as we like to call it around here, Nothing But Rants, the show where I find topics that I'm oddly passionate about, and I pontificate upon them. These are not hot takes, but rather takes that I'm hot about. Shut up and grind some tape. Man, welcome in on a Monday. It's a loaded show. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I got, do you want to start uh, on Friday night? Do you want to start with Washington giving them fl- their flowers? Do you want to start with USC getting manhandled? Where do we want to start? There's a lot. To There's a lot. And, and I hate to be like low energy. This is a, not a great way to start it, but where do we start it? Let's start with Friday night. You want to start with Friday night? That's what got the whole weekend kicked off, and I think it's only right. Man, what a loss. I think I saw a stat that said uh, teams with a 29 to nothing lead were 238-0 going into this football game or something crazy like that. Yeah, some some insane stats on Colorado's loss uh, out there to Stanford. Home game, by the way, absolutely bonkers. Uh, I fell asleep during the overtime, but somehow – I think it's through osmosis of football knowledge, maintained knowledge of what was going on. You guys said I was waking up like mid mid fourth quarter, mid OT, with knowledge of what was happening. You huh? would you would wake up like so. There, I remember specifically a drive. Stanford gets the ball back, and you're watching it, and you're weird because like you're talking one second, five seconds later you're snoring. Like, yeah, it's called sleep apnea. I wish I had that ability to like talk in the. All right, I'm good. Yeah, I'm back to sleep. So you're snoring. A couple plays go by. You wake up and go. How's it third down already? And I was like, well, you slept through four plays. You know, yeah. oh, then you went back to sleep. Yeah. Like, that was the entire overtime fourth quarter. Tremendous football game, though. And, and, and me falling asleep during the fourth quarter of said football game and most of Twitter waking up to, man, I fell asleep. It's why the Pac-12 ceased to exist. That, that's mm-hmm. part of my take. It's yeah. the exact reason why the Pac-12 sucks. Because you've got great things happening and nobody's awake. Yeah, nobody wants to stay up and watch it unless you're lunatics like us and you stay up and watch the full game. Or not the full game, but you watch the second half and you tune in because you found out that Stanford made it a ball game. I mean, just watching it unfold was pretty ridiculous because, I mean, I was like, we were all like, what the heck? What did Stanford do to get back in this full game? Oh, well, their wide receiver almost has 300 total yards. Do you have any pronunciations on that name? No, I didn't look that up. Mm. That's that was on me because that's my job. I'm sorry. Man's number thirteen was balling. Yeah, on yeah. Travis Hunter. Baptizing Travis on Travis Hunter. Hunter. The one thing I mean, I knew the game. I knew Stanford was going to pull off the comeback as soon as he caught it off of Travis Hunter, Travis Hunter's, Hunter's back. Head. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Stanford's about to win this freaking football game. Kind of did that one on him, just kind of say. Which, by the way, I told you guys it was going to happen. I said you Stanford did. was going to pull off the upset, unless and you looked at me like I was crazy. Unless it didn't happen. And, and it, it happened. happened. It sure as hell happens. Sure did. I love a good unless it doesn't happen. We need to start clipping those, but leaving out the unless it doesn't happen and just be like, boom, guy's a genius. Yeah. And they'll have to watch it for context, which we know people won't do. They'll just show up anyways. What we need to do is we just need to film us giving every single take possible. <laughs> and then whatever happens, just tweet it out on Saturday. It's a big like, time consuming, we, though. We knew it. Anyway. Yeah. For sure. Just a wee bit. Time yeah, so we got nothing but time here. Nothing but time. Okay. Um, <laughs> any other analysis on the football game before I give you mine? I think Colorado has officially lost its shine. If the Arizona State game wasn't enough to make people go, uh, maybe I don't love what this Dion thing is going, it's over now. Like, no one loves this. I mean, 
let's not forget, like three weeks ago, people were saying Deion Sanders is a few recruiting classes away from turning Colorado into Alabama. Like, oh. pe- like people genuinely believed he was the greatest college football coach of all time, and now all of a sudden it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Oh, we did see a lot of, is Deion the greatest coach in college football? Yes. We saw a lot of that. Yeah. Um, he, the remaining schedule doesn't look great. They play US, UCLA on the road, uh, Oregon State at home, uh, Arizona, which looks to be a tough out now, Uh-oh. Washington State, and then they finish off the season with Utah at Utah. They, they could lose eight straight games. Very they, well there's could. a There's a world where they start 4-0 and go 4-8 and this season. Hmm. This is what I think about the Colorado situation. I don't think Deion Sanders knows how to lose. I don't know that he know. I don't know if it's in him to know how to handle losses or how to behave in losses or like how to bounce back from those things. Because I mean, you think about Deion Sanders' entire career as a player and both as a coach. He's never really uh, like been a part of losing programs outside of the Atlanta Falcons when he was there. They lost quite a few football games. That's really the only point in time in his football career where he's he has had to absorb quite a few losses back to back and like in streaks at times. But other than that, he's had a lot of success as a player and as a coach. So I, I really think it's a matter of he just really doesn't know how to lose. I've uh, watched and observed a lot, a lot of good football coaches in my day. Uh, and all of them have one thing in common. Okay, one thing in common. They, they all go about it in a variety of different ways. But they all have one thing in common. They never stop coaching. Ever at all. Never. Not once. Blowouts, close ball games, fourth quarter, timeouts, in between commercial breaks. They never stop coaching, ever. Watch watch great coaches in those halftime press conferences. Not a single one of them pretend they got time for it. Not because they hate the media. Why? Because they never want to stop coaching. They want to get their ass into the locker room and get to coaching. That's what they want to do. And, man, I watched – I did fall asleep, but we watched a lot of that fourth quarter in the hotel in Nashville. And you guys tell me – did you see Deion Sanders do hardly any coaching in the fourth quarter of that football game? I can show you exactly what he looked like. Yes. This was this was Deion. The whole fourth quarter. No, I mean, there were a couple of instances where he's talking to players after it. But, I, I mean, I don't think they're making adjustments. No. But, again, when it's that point of the game, I don't know if you can make adjustments. When you're in the, the waning minutes of the fourth quarter and you've squandered a 29-point lead, it's not like you can say, all right, hey, they're they're – forcing our two-high shell. We're going to move Travis Hunter because he's getting smoked right now. It's kind yeah. of just, well, you, you just got to stick with what you have. But it, it is weird to see a coach in that moment where the, the game was close. It's not like Stanford came back and just completely took over. It was close. It was a close in, football game, and he was just standing there. In like, that moment, in the enti- like in the unraveling in general. Not giving a whole lot. Not. And, and look, like they don't all have to be like that. Some of them are just CEO types, right? Some of them are just faces of the program. Okay, and if we're going to be a face of the program, let's judge you off face of the program statistics. They've led the country in penalties the last four weeks. Yeah. They had 17 penalties for 127 yards on on Friday night. Like, they're not a very disciplined football team. They started the season as a very disciplined football team. They, They had fewer penalties on the road against TCU than TCU had at home. Like, they were a disciplined football team to start the football season. Now, things have fallen by the wayside, right? The, the, the minor details... Of, of coaching, but beyond all of that, before I mean, it's hard to criticize a coach without actually like like evaluating everything. Just on the forefront, don't see a ton of coaching going on when when critical moments in those football games are happening. Don't see a lot of 
interactions, okay, between the coach and whatever else is going on. In fact, when, when the defense is on the field, see a whole lot of shots of the defense coach going irate, okay? When the offense is on the field, see a whole lot of shots of the offense coordinator, all right? And it's fine. If you hire a bunch of great guys around you, which he has, he's hired a ton of NFL dudes. He got the offensive coordinator that was the head coach of Kent State last year. Think he's great. Defense coordinator does a really, really good job. Okay, he's got some dudes. I understand that. But the 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 CEO stuff, the 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 personal foul penalties, okay, the the general like fight, didn't see a bunch of it. Okay, saw a bunch of hitting folks after the whistle, but didn't see a bunch of in-between-the-whistles strain and effort and consistency on a down-in, down-out basis. But here's my problem, okay, with the whole thing. This, this, I, I, I'm Dion, and I've been great. I love football. I, 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 I'm great. I had a great career. I love this game. Look at what all I do, okay, all this stuff. It's great when you're winning. It's great on the recruiting trail. I'm Deion Sanders. But when you are losing football games, there's not a whole lot of coaching in, well, I did it great. Well, look how I love the game of football. Why can't you love it this way? That's not coaching. That's not, there's no improvement there. There's no, there's no way for us to get better there. All right, and the other thing that I think is going to come to rear its head, all these guys that you brought in, guess what? They can't go nowhere. They ain't transferring back out. They can't leave. They can try, but they got to go sit out. Okay, so are you going to – and they are. They are They are cutthroat like this. Are you going to be cutthroat enough to start cutting scholarships? All right, and that only works so long because guess what? The guy that wants to leave Florida State now to come to your program, he might be worried about getting a scholarship cut because his buddy that did it last time did it. The same thing happened to him. So there's a lot going wrong now for a lot of stuff that had a lot of steam. Okay, and once we lose the shine, you're right. And he told them this. In his post-game press conference, he's like, ain't nobody going to show y'all love no more. Ain't nobody going to be there to pick y'all up no more. Mm-hmm. Okay, now everybody's happy. Everybody's happy that y'all are losing. Um, now, we get, now we really get to see what kind of football coach Deion Sanders is, in my opinion. How, how do y'all respond? I thought we got to see a little bit of Mario Cristobal this week. That football team looked pretty solid coming out, start that football game, and then they got beat by a better North Carolina football team. But this, this is what we see. This is, this is when we see what Deion Sanders is about. Because, again, the – I didn't see a whole lot of coaching, and I don't hear a whole lot of coaching. When I, when I hear, when I, because God knows we get enough of it. We can see everything that happens in that program, everything. They let us, they let us see it. All I hear from coaches at Colorado right now is how shit practice habits are from their players and how our players don't love football enough. We're going to find out who's competing. Not a whole lot of coaching. Not a whole lot of coaching points going on. No, I mean, they even showed video footage. I don't know if it's a day after or if it happened today, but they showed footage of the practice, and Dion basically said, hold each other accountable when we're getting reps in, guys. If the guy in front of you ain't doing his job, then you need to be holding him accountable and whatnot. And it was very monotone during the pre-practice speech. Hmm. Yeah, we're going to see. It's going uh, to get worse and worse. But let's, let's give Washington their flowers. Like, are we talk- I can't believe I can't believe it's Dion. But we we spent 15 minutes on the opener on Dion. Enough of Colorado. They're yeah, not. They're I'm not okay a- with not talking about Colorado the rest of the season. I'm I'm okay with not talking about Colorado the rest of the season until they get over 500. They're 500 right now, right? Yeah. They're three and three. Mm. Right. Three and three after four, a bye. Four and three. Four and three. Pretty sure they started four and zero. Let's check the record. Um, either way, yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good on the Colorado stuff until we have to talk about them again because the rules say so. Let's talk about that Washington football game. What a ball game. Um, initial thoughts, boys. We watched this one on the ride home. 
Yeah. It's a, it's a good ball game. That was a perfect way to kill some time in the car, no doubt. Have me glued in the entire time. Dan Lanning, boy, he did everything to win that Ooh. football game, but then he also made some decisions that were like, "Ooh, I think you're doing some things to lose this football game right now." But yeah, the the decision, and we'll just jump off of it right here. The decision, the one that most people are hitting them on, is to go for the the touchdown right before the half. Yeah, I said it in the car. It made no sense to me because they got the ball back after mm-hmm. the half. Like I understand if you're going to give it to them, like we got to be aggressive, we got to protect against the doubling up type situation. But like, you get the ball back, dude. Take the three. It was, yeah. but I, I am, I am not us or not me. This show has been number one rule. Consistency. Consi- that's what I was going to say. Consistency. He, he he's been consistently aggressive all year. He went for fucking two. Yeah. He went for two in this football game to start yeah. the game. He, he came in and said, we're going to go and we're going to try to score as many points as we possibly can. We're not going to give it up. We're going to go for it on fourth down when it seems reasonable. And that's what he did. So I can't, I can't fault him for that. And at the end of the day, you were in a position to tie the game and take it overtime. So it's mm-hmm. not like Dan Lanning lost you the game. Yeah. I mean, shoot, you were a foot away from tying the football game. Yeah. And sending it to overtime. Yeah. I, like I said, I, with the initial reactions, and here, I, we, were, we were in the car. And I, I'm telling you, if Oregon wins this football game, it is the biggest win of the season. I mean, we can talk about whether or not Washington's win is, is big. I thought the things Oregon was having to overcome in that football game, both corners go out at one point against this football team. Like, I know McMillan got hurt, all right, but this football team, Roma Dunze, Michael Penix, the other, the, the other little jitterbug that they got, uh, Polk, Jalen Polk, okay? This football team to have both your corners go down in the middle of the football game, granted they got one of them back, but he had to play the rest of the game with a shoulder injury. Guys, they, they play ball. Like, or, or I've never I, – I, I have not been – I'm going to say in our rankings again, I have not been as impressed with a losing football team this year at all since last week i think too one of our takeaways was we were we me and you at least i don't know about christian we were kind of waiting for bo nix to have his moment in Mm. one of those big football games where it's like bo nix is going to do something to cost his team the football game and he never did he never did he i mean he consistently helped that offense drive the ball down the field put a shit-eating grin off your face bro (laughs) get that shit-eating grin off your face i don't want to hear nothing about bo nix except for bo nix proved me wrong this week he had a better game than michael Penix statistically he did. He had a good game. And he didn't he didn't put the ball at risk and he protected it and he spoke like a professional after the game. He sure did. And um I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to come off my Bo Nix hatred. Because he did everything to win <laughs> oh, that football game. We did game. it, boys. We did it. <laughs> You're so happy, aren't you? I don't even love Bo Nix. Just the fact that you hate him so much. <laughs> I don't hate him. I just didn't like the the turn on him. You're but. so awful. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I don't like being wrong. Yeah. My take my takeaway from this game was that this is the first game of the season that I watched and said, Oh, this is two playoff caliber teams going against each other. Yeah. Like Texas and Bama, you kinda got that vibe, but it was also like you didn't really know what Alabama was, and then they came out and had the stinker against USF. So I was like, Oh, maybe Bama's not good at all. This felt like the first game was like, oh, these are two playoff teams. I don't know if they both make the playoffs. You playoff. didn't feel that way in the Red River? Red River? That's what I was ah, about you to know say. what? You're right. Oklahoma, Texas was that, that for me. Like Oklahoma, that was the first Texas game was like, like that. Okay, those two teams. I forgot definitely. about Red River. But yeah, but, no, this these those were two playoff teams. I was I was thoroughly impressed with Oregon. I, Bucky Irvin, like I know Washington won the football game, but I felt like there was just so much for Oregon to have to overcome in that game to try to win, and they should have. Mm-hmm. Like if they. They kicked that field goal. Like, it all come down to a fucking kicker. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that for Bo Dix. I hate that for Dan Lanning. Yeah. I hate that for Oregon. But here's the good news. 
If they went out and handled business, they're going to see Washington again. Same mm-hmm. thing as Texas, Oklahoma. Very much so. Go ahead and handle your business. You get a rematch. The difference is these two teams have an actual schedule remaining. Yeah. Texas yeah. and Oklahoma do not. No. They don't have a, 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 a top 25 opponent on either of those schedules remaining, do they? Um, not Texas currently. and Oklahoma? Not currently, no. no. I don't think they do. Uh-uh. Oklahoma, Oregon and Washington, by God, sure do. Yes, this just do. started their season. Out there in the Pac-12. Pac-12. Yeah, you want you want to talk about treating the second half of the season like postseason? That's exactly what the Pac-12 teams have to do. (laughs) You cannot afford a loss in these last stretch of the games. Hey, welcome into the night show. We got a loaded one for you. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button, like, subscribe, and rate, review, and all that good stuff. We want to continue to grow this NBR segment. Make sure you're telling your peoples about this national hour. It is some good, good stuff. The podcast numbers on NBR doing really, really well. The the national audience has really grown uh, in in the podcasting numbers. Not necessarily so much here on the video, so make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button, like, subscribing, and firing off in that live chat. We got some great football games remaining on the slate tonight. We're gonna talk about that USC Notre Dame game. Arizona beat the shit out of Wazoo this weekend. We're gonna talk about that. Colorado State with one of the best uh, comebacks uh, in probably college football history, at least like wild. You history. could put it up there. It was very New York Nickish, Reggie, like Reggie Miller, like yeah. hitting some crazy ass stuff to end that football game. And of course, now I don't know why we said, of course, we don't do it every week, but I'm going to bring you my top 12 this week as well. So uh, yeah, make sure you hit that thumbs up button on tonight's show. Let's get into this Notre Dame USC football game. First of all, I would be remiss if I didn't absolutely take a dump on the NBC broadcast right quick. I was pissed. I was absolutely pissed. I get I get frustrated, like really perturbed when people I'm not saying they don't take that job seriously, but when that when when you don't call a game like you love football, get the hell out the booth. Get the hell out the booth. All right? Cuz you don't deserve to be there. If you're calling USC goddamn Notre Dame, all right? And I know for a fact it's in South Bend and it's loud as shit. Will you call the game like you care to be there, please? All right? That's the only thing I'm going to say about that. And, and look, one of them is a former NFL football coach who's got tens of millions of dollars, and he's just doing it because they're paying him more millions of dollars than Jason Garrett. I don't expect him to be perfect and to treat that broadcast like he actually gives a shit. Because you know what? He probably don't. He probably really doesn't. But put someone in the booth who does, please. Because guess who I can't see and can't hear or see the name of to care that he's the former goddamn Dallas Cowboys head coach. Jason Garrett when he's calling the damn game. Okay, I can watch it and I can hear it. I can watch him football and I'm hearing who's talking to me about the football game. Can you give me somebody who cares about it, please? Say what you want about RG3. I know some bitch loves football. I know when he gets on it, he's extremely excited to be there. And that's what college football is about. That person in that booth giving a shit. So give me someone who does. The craziest part about this football game was that this was a a, a USC, this was a USC football team that we talk about the defense over and over again, but the defense wasn't the issue. This was an offensive problem in this football game. In the second half of this football game, USC's defense gave up one 46-yard touchdown outside of that. On the third drive of the second half, outside of that, they were elite. They forced three and outs on the first two drives. They forced another punt on the fifth drive of the, of the second half. They held Notre Dame, Notre Dame to a field goal after USC turned the ball over on downs on their own 16. This defense showed up in the second half and played football. That wasn't the problem. The problem is right here. 
for the second straight week, USC's offense was anemic, was not anything close to the versions of themselves. It wasn't. Against Arizona, I think that football game lied to a lot of people because it was on the Pac-12 network and you didn't watch it and it was late night and you didn't care. You just woke up the next morning and you saw, oh, 44 points. USC's offense doing that thing again. That defense got to be better. Wrong. Arizona held USC to 28 points in regulation, one of the worst performances of Caleb Williams' career until this week. You know why? They played dollar defense. They covered the shit out of USC last weekend. They did. And guess what? Notre Dame did the same thing this weekend. Notre Dame squeezed the life out of that football team on the defensive side of the football. Okay? They did a lot of pre-snap manipulation. Hey, here's what we're looking like pre-snap. Here's what we gave you post-snap. Okay? Confusing the reads, one. But secondarily, dude, they covered. I watched that football game this, this morning. Really, really went back and watched it after being pissed off watching it in the car on silence after the second quarter. Okay? They covered really, really well. A football team that historically has not been covered really, really well. And we can say all we want to. Notre Dame drug USC's ass down in the mud and sat on them for four quarters. That is 100% true. Offensive line could have played better. Okay, but I don't want to hear nothing about this football game that doesn't start, end, and begin with, hey, Caleb Williams was bad. Caleb Williams was bad on Saturday. Caleb Williams made mistakes that you cannot make with the football in your hand. Okay, and we can talk, especially on the road, we could talk about the offensive line being bad, and some of this analysis is going to bring that into equation. But we can't, we can't talk about this football game without talking about mistakes that Caleb Williams made that he does not typically make. The first interception, guys, he's running power play action, power pass play action. Okay, he gets a little pressure in his face because the right tackle's getting beat, but he just lobs one up. He just lobs one up, overthrows the tight end right into the safety's hands, almost takes it back for six. They end up starting the football game down seven to nothing. The second interception, okay, if the first one wasn't bad enough, the second one was an absolute no-no. The ball's on the inside of their own 20. Okay, so if we turn the ball over, it's automatically points for the opposition. Okay, second interception, okay, he's getting heated up with a six-man pressure. Okay, so they're bringing blitz. Okay, well, hey, if I'm a quarterback getting blitzed, Okay, particularly my third year of college football, I've already won a goddamn Heisman. People are telling me I'm the best thing since Andrew Luck. Okay, if I'm getting a six-man pressure and I know I'm getting blitzed, what do I have to be aware of, gentlemen? Where my hot is. Okay, well, he steps up into pressure. Daggum, check the, 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 the hot route, okay? The, the running back standing right to his left with nobody within 20 yards of him. He throws it into double coverage, interception. That's not on the offensive line. That's on the fact that you didn't realize where your hot was, that you didn't realize they're bringing pressure. It's first and 10. Why are you forcing a football? What are you doing? That was an absolute non, like, can't have it. You're supposed to be the number one overall pick, and we're making mistakes like that. Year three, can't have it. That's bad. He knows that. The third interception, again, the offensive guard on power pass falls straight on his face. Straight on his face. It's second and 10. The ball's on the left hash. I immediately have three guys on me. I'm evading the rush, throw the ball out of bounds, live for third down. Instead, he plants his feet, throws it back into double coverage, and it's an interception. Can't do it. Cannot do it. Down 17 points on the road, you can't have these types of mistakes. So we can talk about offensive line play, but for the first time in his career, I watched that dude make ill, like ir irreplaceable mistakes. Things you can't do in a football game. You guys watched it. You saw it. Yeah, so my question is, did he somewhat get exposed? 
he got exposed, or the offense as a whole, in my opinion, got exposed against Arizona with this, hey, make this dude play patient because he won't watch him. Mm-hmm. Watch, watch him. He'll make some mistakes, and that's exactly what he did. So do you think that then – so in, in a way he got exposed? Uh, yeah, two weeks in a row is, a, is, a, is an answer, right? It, it is, hey, the blueprint is out. Yep. Now, Notre Dame did it differently than, than Arizona did. Yeah, with better but no, players. But better players, right? Notre Dame rushed four, dropped eight all night long. Rushed four, dropped eight. And Jack Conklin played out of his mind. Yeah. I looked at a pretty interesting stat from this. So, Notre Dame was the 14th ranked defense in the country this season currently. Delicious. Last year, Caleb Williams' worst performance came against the 19th ranked Fresno State. He was 16 for 36, 180 yards, one touchdown. Guess what the average defensive ranking he went against last year was, other than Fresno State? 57. 81. Whoa. Yeah. Those are some bad balls. He was throwing some shit cans last year. Now, I'm not saying that he's overrated. I'm not saying that he finally played a good defense and got exposed. But the way he played against Notre Dame compared to how he's looked every other game beforehand, not very good. Very very interesting. Here's the bad news. Um, now, I know an Auburn football team's anemic, but Cal hasn't been giving up hundreds of points this week or no. this year. They're no. a decent, above average, above slate, power five football team defensively. Washington, eh. Above average, okay. They can get after the quarterback. I think we saw that Saturday. Um, U.S. or Oregon, Oregon's defense, elite. Bunch of dudes on that side of the football. And the last game of the year is the best defense probably in all of football, UCLA. So they got some trouble coming their way. And anybody you barking at me about the UCLA comment, just go do your research. UCLA's defense right now is playing out of their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they got, they got some. Oh, and Utah. Fuck. They play Utah. <laughs> Like, God, holy crap. They got some defenses Utah on the Utah is a team that beat them last year in a very similar fashion. They get Twice. beat this physically, last weekend. Physically Twice. beat their ass. And this is why I kind of made the comment last week going into this football game where I was like, maybe it's better if you don't just, like, full-on blitz get after Caleb Williams. Like, if you make him process things, if you make him sit in the pocket and you make him kind of have to read things and make decisions, maybe that's where you beat Caleb Williams. Maybe it's not by making him go off script because when he does go off script – those are the times where we see him pick defenses apart and make his big plays. Man, yeah. I, I, I took USC last week because of him. I just thought he was going to be good enough to figure everything else out. The defense showed up. He threw three interceptions, three bad ones. Okay, in the I first think, half. I mean, un, guy held under 200 yards for the first time in his career, I believe, no. in a start. The Fresno State. 180 against Fresno oh, State. Oh, my bad. Look at you. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah, play a good defense. He gets stranglehold. Um Drake May should be the number one overall pick, duh. You heard it. That's my take. No, Where's kidding. the Drake May of this that's year? Just my, that's a joke. That's an absolute joke. Um, he's still the best quarterback I've seen, okay? I still think he's great. I think there are some rooms for improvement, though, okay? I think you can stop being a hero just a little bit. And I was talking to you guys about this before the show. I do get a little bit of – he gets compared to Patrick Mahomes all the time. And Pat, when he was in college – look at me, first name basis, nickname basis with the old Patty. Um, you know, me and Patty were talking about it the other day, how when he was at Texas Tech, being old Red Raider, I felt like, hey, I had to score every time I touch it, you know? And I feel like sometimes watching Caleb, and even on the interceptions, if we just walk through them, a lot of those are early down interceptions. What are you doing? Like, why are you feeling like you have to score every time you touch it? Well, he feels like he's got to score every time he touches it because their defense hasn't been doing that consistently every week, but the last two weeks they have. So, hey, 
Be complimentary. I think it's what you guys talked about in the first hour. You've got to play complimentary football. If your defense is showing up, you don't have to be a superhero today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think he probably suffers a little bit from he's had to do so much throughout his career that now he has to feel like he has to do it all the time. And when you overextend yourself, you make mistakes, which mm-hmm. is obviously what you saw on Saturday against Notre Dame. Agreed. Do we have any Notre Dame analysis? I do. Um, you lost two games, so now you get to play spoiler the rest of the year. Congrats. Yeah. You also got some crazy fans. Yeah. Learned that on Saturday. Yeah. Play this clip. This is the, All this analysis aside, we just talked about Notre Dame and USC for 15 minutes so we can play this, which is the greatest film storming video we've got to date. see them nails now bro does that is that better than no because the dude no. the dude the dude at all this gets decked yeah like it would have been way better if caleb would have hit him a with a little left elbow cross. shrug like if, if on, caleb bro. williams would have hit him with like if a, caleb a little williams, left cross if caleb williams punched that guy that would have been legendary oh i've I I been a huge caleb immediate williams. first round draft pick immediately. number one, one one overall draft him now immediately i i do question the game day attire just a wife beater Oh, he clearly stripped I, the top I think he shirt. had the jersey off when he was running Okay, around. that would make more sense. Hey, you got to avoid the, the nipple chafe also, on the jerseys. <laughs> the fact that California to. Love is playing in the background, too. Was it? Yeah, did you not I hear didn't that? Even I didn't hear that. No. They're playing California Love in the background. Nice. That nice. shit is epic, man. I will so say, big. I have been so impressed with the camera ability of these fans rushing the field this year. Facts. Keeping it on them. Like, Facts. Th- these are the people that we need filming fights at schools and whatnot. Oh. They content- I mean, the ability to keep the camera on you. Talking crap to Caleb Williams, bumping into another Dame player as well, like always on him. You had a good point, pre-show. Play that back because here's what we're looking for. Do, does he or does he not recognize the Notre Dame player that he sees? Also, we did it as a fan. Love it. I'm here for it. You are a part of it. You get to hold it as long as you're at home. So yes or no? I think, I think he does. He does. I, think he I heard does like him? a like a diggy or something like that. Yeah. Here's how know. here's how I know he recognized him. The ah! yeah he yeah. turns and he's like the ah! it's you. <laughs> yeah, that right there. That's how I knew Buddy knew him. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that was a pretty harmless. The the best is the team photo of it. Have you seen it? No. no. Yeah, there's a still photo of that right there with the kid holding his phone up like this in oh. Caleb Williams's face. Oh my a legendary God. moment. Could you imagine oh having a that poster kid, that in your that house? That kid needs to get a poster that and have Caleb Williams so sign hard. it. I doubt that. I doubt man <laughs> sign that. How would you go about asking Caleb Williams? You think Williams Caleb Williams is cool that? enough to sign that photo? No. You think he's dude, got some bro he's energy. He's painting his fingernails him? saying like F the other team. I don't think he's cool enough to sign I that. I don't know, dude. He sounds a little petty. I don't know. Man man's man's wears unitards. Like monks, so I don't know if he's that cool. I gotta, f- I want to see that picture though. What the the still photo of yeah, it? That's it's, pretty dope. it's epic. I'm that, telling you, I've seen it somewhere cold. on social media today. Uh nah, man. I th- I think that is second place to the to, to to the storming of the field from Ole Miss because getting in the face of the LSU player and then getting hit and then clearly the LSU player like wanting to go back for some more. 
that was some epic college football yeah, stuff right for there. For sure. This is the – correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first year where we've got, like, field storming footage. Hmm. Hmm. Like this, they've obviously there's been field stormings since the beginning of college football. But the <coughs> first time, like we're getting like fan reactions of them running up to opposing teams' players, yeah, and being like "fuck you." Also worth noting, this football game was so far in hand. Yeah, like they they had this as a dub midway through what the second quarter, like they were up twenty eight to seven at some mm-hmm. point at some point in this football game. Like this was so well in hand that I'm just thinking like. They, they clearly had to wait for, like, two full quarters to storm this here field. This wasn't like a last – yeah, you got it? Put it here. That's Look at this. This still photo is epic. I don't know who took this photo, but this shit is, is some legendary photography right here. Oh, man. That's beautiful. Dude. Shouts out J.D. Piquel because it kind of looks like him. Yeah, I think that is J.D. Piquel. When people say it's hang not. it in the Louvre, that's what you need yeah, to be hang, hang that sucker in the Louvre. Chad, great job. I don't know what your name is, but we're going to call you Chad. Chad, hell of a job. Could probably do without the white tee, mm. you know the tank. Yeah, Man, people still calling that a wife beater. Oh, it's still it's still a wife beater. It's still yeah, a beater. For sure. It gets it's got called a beater. Can we just a call beater. it a beater? It's gotten oh. called a WB. Mm, nah, I like beater. Just call it a beater. Well, yeah, I'm good with that. It could be a dude beater. Maybe not a wife beater. Be a dude beater. All right, like beating dudes. Pers- person beater. Person beater. Whoa, beat dude. What? Whoa, not that. Um, yeah, great game out there between Notre Dame and UCSC. Actually, not really. I think that was rant of the year on that broadcast mm. from yours truly. <laughs> yeah, you were like, I was watching. I really, you were getting genuinely mad. Yeah, no, I had, it I puts had, you in a bad mood. I was mood. like, I had red face in a brand. You were in the car with me. I sat right there next to you while I unfolded, and I was like, this is not going well. Yeah, man's just not happy. <laughs> He's I, not happy. That's probably where I, I've always talked about. I want to be irrational about things. It's probably the thing I'm most irrational about. Um, when you're not good on a broadcast, because it's something that I know I could do. If you're a TV executive listener right now, which I know some of y'all do, just let me, just try, let me try once. Because I've done it before. I've been a play-by-play guy, or excuse me, a color analyst. I'm telling you right now, I'm good at it. You, you've watched football games with me. Yeah. Not, I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet this out anyways. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be great at it one day. The first major company that allows me to call football games as a color analyst, you will not regret it. Okay, because I don't miss. You watch that football game with me, the biggest play in the first half. Zachariah Branch. Zachariah Branch. In He's the sitting there running back, and they're diddling around about whatever on the broadcast. And I look at Jonathan, and I said, the number one thing they should be talking about right now is how the best player on the team's at running back. And sure as shit, they hand him a ball off on a draw. He takes it 26 yards and picks up the first down. And they didn't say a damn word about it. They didn't say nothing. They just said, oh, Zachariah Branch picks up the first down. On second and 26. Guys, your head shouldn't explode in that moment, but you should probably show some excitement because guess what? Those things don't get converted very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is something that I'm super rationally angry about every time it happens because it's, it's, it's part of the product, man. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it better. Yeah, no, I was going to say, nothing, I've never been taken out of a game more than that broadcast. Like, it was like, oh, Really? You know, I've never, I've never ran to a station because someone's calling a game, but I've damn sure turned it off. I've damn sure turned it off. So every, every one of you TV executives that's out here hiring people because they're good names, that's fine. But if they're shit on the cast, I'm turning it off, okay? And you're losing a lot of people, okay? You are. Um, anyways, it does make me very, very angry. You know who wasn't dead on the mics? Who? These Colorado State, Boise State announcers. <sighs> Sir, thank you for my transitions. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. That was an elite transition. This might be 
the greatest comeback in college football history. I watched Set the table. So I was watching the clip, the recap video on Sunday, and I'm yeah. watching this unfold, and I'm like, there is no way. No way. There is no way that this happened this weekend because nobody's talking about it. And I'm just literally watching this game unfold in the little clips that they posted on Twitter. And I'm like, how is nobody talking about this? Like, this should have been the rave of the entire weekend. And so I had to put it in the show notes. So I have the full breakdown of how the last six minutes of this football game went down. And it's just, it's some of the most unreal stuff you'll ever hear. So Colorado State throws an interception with seven minutes left, down 13. All right. Seven minutes, fourth quarter, down 14. 13. 13. Just threw a pick. Yep. All right. Boise State scores in two plays. Makes the game 30-10 to 10 with six minutes left. So now they're down 20. It, they're down 20 with six minutes with left six. in the football game. Okay, with six minutes left, down 20. Colorado State answers. They score in six plays to cut the game to 30-17 to 17 with four minutes left. Six plays, scoring drive, four minutes left. Okay, only down 13. Yep. Okay. Colorado State then recovers an onside kick. Already kicking onsides. How many? Uh, yeah, 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 already. Recovers onsides. Boise State stops him on fourth down, but it's huh? called for P.I. No in the end zone. Oh. Colorado gets another try. <laughs> they make the game 30-24 to 24 with a minute 45 left. No way they get another onside. They kick the onside again, recover it, but then they're called for illegal touching. So then Boise Before State. Before the 10 yards, of course. Yes. Yeah. But then Boise State. So Boise State gets the ball back. They're forced to punt. Colorado State gets the ball on their own 12-yard line with 33 seconds left. No timeouts. They have one timeout. How did they get the ball back with a timeout? Uh, I, I, I don't they know. They did not have a timeout. They did not have a timeout. You're right. They, they did not have a timeout. They had to get the ball no back. They did not have a timeout left. So Colorado State, on their own 12-yard line, 33 seconds left. They no mo- They get one explosive to get it near midfield. They then chuck up a 45-yard Hail Mary. Love it. Bo- two Boise State football players – Go to get the ball, bounces off their hands. A Colorado State football player catches the football in the end zone. It is a tie football game right now with no time left. So it's 30 to 30. Colorado State gets an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty after for celebrating the touchdown because the whole sideline just a erupted. Classic, a little classic egg bowl pissing so, on the So then it's pushed yeah. back 15 yards. The kicker nails it. They win the football game. I love it. Fucking electric. Mountain West. 20-point comeback with six minutes left. That is that is some real Reggie Miller versus the Knicks type stuff. Unreal. And the the Hail Mary classic trying to pick the ball off instead of bat it down. Yeah. Like, come on, man. I feel like that's one of the weird things about this college football season. It's that there's so much stuff happening. They have so many things flying under the like you said, no one is talking about No one. Haven't no, heard a single segment about no that one, football. I mean, game. yeah, it's Mountain West football. It's not like prominent to the national area, but a game that crazy at least gets love on some CFB pages or Twitter like that. Yeah. There's been, I feel like there's been a lot of stuff. Like, like Drake May lit up Miami for four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Tez Walker had a true comeback game, and no one really talked about that. Duke completed four passes against North Carolina. Yeah, Duke completed, what? Four, Duke completed four passes against NC State and won by 21 points. They still don't have Riley Leonard? No, obviously not. No, no. They threw the ball 12 times, four completions for two touchdowns and an interception, and they won by 21 points. Bro. See, no one's talking about that. That's what I'm saying. So much is flying under the radar. Hey, Air Force getting love, though. Air Force out here beating Wyoming with the triple option. I'm going to tell you right now, I love – first of all, thank you for your service. I want to get that out the way. 
Okay, thank you for your service. Appreciate you supporting the country um, and fighting for the country and our freedom. But I'm going to tell you right now, you would get your lights boxed out down here in the South. Okay, bring that triple option shit down here. Come on. Bring that down here. Mississippi State going to beat you by 30, I promise. Okay, oh, yeah. the triple option died the moment speed was invented in football. Okay, because trust me, as someone who played it for 35 of my 52 college games or how many I played, um, it's dead. It's absolutely dead. All it requires is an athlete in front of you. Okay, the triple option was around when uh, Timmy's and Tyler's were still playing football. It ain't like that no more. This okay, is... you can put one guy out there named Roquan Smith, and he can sit there and can have 19 tackles in the first half, and you ain't gonna run a goddamn play past the line of scrimmage. The triple option dead. Air Force, you're gonna get smoked. I promise you, you don't want it. Okay, you don't want it. Thank you for your service. <laughs> the problem is now that you want I agree with you. I, yeah. I don't think the triple option is scorched earth on the triple. Arizona State is going to beat <laughs> Mississippi State in some bowl game this year, and that's going to come up on freezing cold takes. You talking about Air Force? Yeah. I, mean, I don't care. Or Air Force. I don't Bring know it. Arizona State. Dude, I'm telling you. They'd be cooking in NCAA. I agree with you. Though. I agree with you. But they nine passes this weekend. You can't. You can't. You can't, you can't tell me it's happening. Duke did it with four, man. Hey, bully ball's back. Bully ball? Don't you know? I thought you said blue balls are back. That's what it gives me watching that kind of offense. Hey, North Carolina. It was on the show notes. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah. I had it. Okay, North Carolina, that's a football win. All right, that is a football win. That is coming out, okay, surviving the initial blow from your, from your opponent, a, a worthy opponent, a talented opponent, okay? Uh, we could talk about the pass defense here in a little bit. I think Tyler Van Dyke and the Miami weapons are legit, first of all. Um, but what I love to see from good football teams, I know you're a good football team. You survive blows like that, okay? But most importantly, third quarters, third quarters. Great football teams win third quarters. They dominated the third quarter on Saturday, and here's how they did it. Came out, get the ball back after the half, walk it down, score. They get the football, we're going to turn them over. Get the ball back, score immediately, explosively. All right, we're going to give them the ball back, we're going to make them turn it over again. And then we're going to walk the football down the field and score. That is how great football teams, not good football teams, that is how great football teams stack possessions. Okay, the last couple of national championship football teams, they do this. They do this really, really well. They win in the margins right before and after the half. Um, they did that on Saturday. What I also love about North Carolina under Mac Brown, there have been some deficiencies in years past. But what I love about them, okay, is that when someone or something gets hot, bro, they feed. They don't get away from it. They just do that. Okay, Tess Walker was hot on Saturday. He got three touchdown receptions. Okay, the running back, okay, and Marion Hampton was getting loose. He gets 24 totes for a buck 97. Okay, the defensive line starts getting pressure. They start dialing it up more. They do not get away from the things that they do well, and that is a well-coached football team. That's what well-coached football teams do. They win in the margins. They do what they do until you stop it. North Carolina, good football team. But, but. They need to figure out a complete game defensively because they almost unraveled on Saturday. Yeah. No, I mean, great win in the fact of how you came out and responded. <coughs> Not a great win in that you showed a lot of holes in a lot of A lot areas. of holes. Yeah. They're a beatable team, but the fact that they're this, they're seven, they're a top 10 team right now. I don't think anyone expected that to come up. The sad news is that Louisville lost, so that chaotic. It's a pit. Yeah. What the fucking pit, man? What's going to happen? Narduzzi. Them Cardinals. <laughs> them daggum Narduzzi's, man. So, the chaotic 12-0 and scenario in the ACC is dead. But UNC still looks you like... You bet on it. You told us. I, I didn't say it was going to happen. I said it could. 
I thought you were telling us last week, ACC going ACC and Pac-12 going Pac-12. Yeah. I thought that was kind of your stance. Yeah, I mean, it, that's By the way, one. super easy stance. That's like taking the field. Yeah, but, but okay, but if the field's always going to make you money. If, if, go broke, if it's gonna, profit, If it's going to hit, it's going to hit, bro. That's right. That shit hit. Um, Just wait for the Pac-12 now. No, that, that Colorado State come back. That insane. was unreal. Insane. That was sexy. The you're down, you're down 20 with four minutes left to find a way to win. That's insane. I thought the South Carolina-Florida game was a little unreal there at the end. Dude, I saw a clip today. Did you see what South Carolina's in-stadium did? They were fucking with the lights on that fourth and ten. No, they weren't. There was doctored, so was doctored footage? They showed a different, like an on-field angle of a handheld phone. Okay. Not happening. I not saw, happening? I it just saw looked that. like that on TV? I think it's the broadcast for whatever okay. it was. The part I was talking about is South Carolina's defense giving up fourth down conversions on fourth and long twice. And then also Florida, Graham Mertz throwing a slant route, hitting off the receiver's hands, and then bouncing directly to another Florida Gator. Love and it. And running like 30 yards down so the field. So a little bit of craziness happening. A little bit of game. craziness happening. Um, if you search my name, at Brooks Austin BA on Twitter, and then type in Shane Beamer right after that, you're going to find a whole bunch of tweets about how I think I would like to play for Shane Beamer. And this, uh, this dates back to July. This dates back to last SEC Media Days, um, the year before that. And all of this was predicated, these feelings about Shane Beamer, these previously held feelings about Shane Beamer. These were always based in the notion that, hey, this is a, a, this is a player's guy. This is a guy that loves his players. This is a guy that goes to bat for his players. This is a dude that's got a culture about his dudes. That's what it's about. It's about having fun. It's about coming and playing for us and being a big family, a big team. That's what it's about. Um, now it's about giving the feet for free and blaming all of your all of your problems on your team, on everybody but you. Okay. Listen to the way he answered this question. We do have this clip, right? Listen to the way he answered this question. And by the way, guys, he's right. He's right, but that's not the point. That's not the point. The point as a football coach is to stand up there and take your arrows and get the fuck off the press conference stage. That's what it is. It ain't about being oh, that's probably a little strong. It was a little strong? No, I keep going. I liked it. It's not about throwing darts at your players. That's not what it's about. And this and he's getting he's getting the flack for this this week and, and it's what it should be. Play the clip. Just really ingested, but looking at the defense, just what did you see as the main problem out there? I tonight? saw the main problem, David. We call pressures and we don't run them. Uh, we play man coverage and and uh, didn't do a great job of, of keeping leverage. I mean, just in the first half alone, we, we ran a pressure where the corner came and for some reason he stopped and we gave up an explosive pass because we didn't continue to run the pressure. Uh, we had another pressure call where we didn't run it uh, in the first half. We had a holding penalty in the secondary in the first half. Uh, we had another pressure on third down backed up where we're going to be off the field in the first half and we didn't execute it properly. Um, we talked to our guys about not jumping around the quarterback. We got we jumped and, and uh, got beat on a pump fake. We had an offsides on, in the first half. So just did not play clean football. And then at the end of the day, we had some calls that were perfect calls. We ran a edge pressure. If somebody said, hey, a team is getting ready to run a reverse, what would be the perfect call? You would bring both people off the edge. We did it. We had a perfect call sometimes. And um, their guy made the play, and we didn't. But we got good kids in that room. They're going to continue to make those plays. Yeah, the um, end I heard a bunch of, I mean, we did a great job. Mm -hmm. we, we did awesome, you know? I, I mean, I coached my butt off today. My players didn't play theirs. Just I, I, I don't love it. I don't no. love it at all. It's because that's, that's your brand. Your brand's player's guy. Your brand's I love all my guys. 
and now you like st- things start to not go well. We talked about this being a hot seat football game last week, and, and hey, man, it's hot. It's hot right now, and it, not not the seat, but the environment around South Carolina right now is not happy. Okay, um, and and he's getting flack for that, and I think it's necessary. And it's not looking up. They have Missouri this week. Yeah. And so I mean, it's it's not looking any nicer around the horizon or anything like that. And, yeah, the whole thing that I was buying around Shane Beamer is, like, yeah, he may be a little goofy. He might make TikToks with his football players, and it might be a little silly, and it might be a little cringe. But that's, that's, that's fun. That's a fun environment to be around. He's providing some type of life in a program that was seemingly dead when he took over. But then to just go and do that in a big moment like that, that's a time I, – I just couldn't, I couldn't believe that, the things he was saying. I, I probably should have said get the fuck off the stage. I like but, No, nah, double down on it. But honestly, like, dead ass <laughs> – I'm not going to double down that sternly, but but seriously, your job as a head coach right there is to take the bullets and just get off. Like, just take the bullets and get off the stage and get away from the microphone. Um, I don't – it's it's enough said. Like, he's getting enough shit for this. There might be um, two more wins on their schedule for the remainder of the Yeah, year. I'm looking at it right now. It's at Missouri this weekend. Um, uh, Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Jack State's a win. Vandy's probably a win. The Kentucky matchup at home looks tough now. Um, particularly because of their ability, you know, their ability to run the football and control clock uh, in that Clemson game. Here's here's my thing with Shane Beamer. Even if that one clip, because there's people saying, "Oh, it's taken out of context." He had another there. If you watch the whole interview, he he doesn't go in as hard. He says a lot of the right things. Even in that one situation, you as a head football coach have to have better situational awareness to know that what you're saying is going to get clipped. Yeah, you can't go off on a rant like that and say, "Oh, these here's the litany of the list of all the players." who messed up and how we made mistakes here and how we are – our coaches called – you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Even even if he's not throwing his players under the bus and even if he does come out later and say, hey, you know, but that's on us as the coaches, we ha- you can't do that. You have to be more I, aware. I heard a bunch of – I mean, we told our guys and our guys didn't do the job. Well, mm-hmm. we probably didn't coach them efficiently. You didn't tell them well enough. Yeah, you probably didn't tell them well enough. Like the coaching points weren't clear enough. Okay, and now at the end he's like – well, we got a bunch of young guys in that room, and they'll get better. How about some, and that's on us. Like, all, all of this, and that's the context, by the way. Like, at the end of this, after you go on this long rant about all these things that your players did not do, all you have to say at the end is, and that's on me. That's it. That's it. That's all you got to say. That's on me. And then you never get clipped. And even if you do, I, I don't love it, man. I just don't. And, and again, the whole reason I was all on the Shane Beamer wagon was because clearly it looks like I'd want to play for that guy. And then I, I, someone hit me in the comments with this today. You clearly didn't recognize all the transfers out last year. Like they had keynote players leave their program. Mm-hmm. And guys like Jaheim Bell leave their program. They had guys like Marshawn, Marshawn Lloyd leave their program. Starters, three-year, multiple guys, okay? Just up and leave their program. They had an Oklahoma tight end come from Oklahoma to their program, leave, go back to Oklahoma. Like, these are, these are signs that not everybody loves playing for you, right? That I clearly over, you know, passed because, you, oh, dude, he's great in the media. You were watching the TikToks. I was. I was. But the substance, the substance isn't quite there right now um, for this football team. And, again, when you go through all these litany of, like, errors that your football team made, like they're your football team. All you have to do at the end of it is say, it's on me. Hey, we are at the end of the show, and I do have a Brooks's Top 12 coming for you. Do we have anything else that we need to hit on? Not you take make me feel a little self-conscious about my uh, take there with Shane. No, I, it was I, a little bit high. I didn't mean to have like a, a visceral, like, oh, 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 
but I was just like, oh shit. Yeah, we've been hot tonight. Uh, the the what really set me off was the broadcast. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, I've okay. never seen you that mad. Okay. Yeah, no, nah. on air at least. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go watch it. Y'all should y'all should have like a tone fine for me. Like, hey, <laughs> easy. That's a dollar. Calm down. Who gets the dollar? Uh, your gas station stops every time we go on road trips. Because the gas station bills are starting to rack up. I'm just kidding. They're not that bad. I was going to say. I, you don't snack at all. It's me and you. It's me and you with the, with the caffeine and the airheads and the, and the other stuff. You just eat air. And bananas. From I bought station. the bananas. You damn what I'm saying. Oh, that's bananas. right. You did I bought the bananas. bananas. I'm sorry. Can we, uh, can we give the, the audience a little taste of our Mario sounds? <laughs> oh, you dude. got it rolling. Come on, show when you throw the banana out the window. Throw the banana out the window. Throw the banana out the I don't even know what you said. I don't remember. I don't remember like, the Mario noises. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's me, Mario. <laughs> um, hey, Brooks is top twelve. We'll start off with it right now. I'm gonna tell you, number twelve, hardest one on the list. I think there are eleven solidified teams here, and their order kind of makes sense. You can nitpick some of these, but like picking twelve through twenty. I mean, honest to God, Utah, Mizzou, neutral field. Couldn't do it. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't pick it. Oregon State, LSU, neutral field. Tough. I would lean LSU. One's really good at defense. One's really yeah. good at offense. Don't know. Hey, how about USC, Tennessee, neutral field? What do you think? Tennessee. Tennessee. Y'all, y'all picked that one pretty easily. I, I don't. I think Joe Milton's pretty daggum bad. Okay? I think Caleb Williams yeah, but, is pretty daggum good. Yeah, but Tennessee's... But they get after the quarterback. So, uh, a bit again, three-point football game. Three-point spread, That's tight football be, yeah. game. Notre Dame-Duke, we just watched that one. Razor-thin margins in that football game. I'm just telling you, 12 through 20, really, really hard. Um, but, I mean, people are going to call me crazy if I put Mizzou at 12. But Mizzou-Oregon State, neutral field. Don't know. Don't know. Right? I'm going to put Mizzou at 12, and I, I don't know why. I just I, I like them. I think they can score with anybody. And I think defensively, they have, I still don't understand it. They have dudes. Okay, look at their roster. They got guys. All right, watch them on film. They got good-looking NFL football players. Don't understand why they have such up-and-down performances defensively. But I like Mizzou at 12. I think they're ranked 20th right now in the AP Top 25. But, again, what's the difference? 12 to 20, I think there is no difference. Ole Miss coming in at number 11. I know Ole Miss can score. I know Ole Miss is above average on both lines of scrimmage. I know Ole Miss has a serviceable quarterback. I can't say those things are known commodities about even some of these football teams above them in these rankings. I think Ole Miss is a good football team. I got them at number 11. Uh, number 10, Alabama. It's the most talented roster on the defensive side of football in college football, I think. When I watch them on Saturdays on film, when I turn it on on Monday and Tuesday when I get to all 22, man, they're scary. They got some good defensive football players, all right? And per capita, the blue, st- uh, the blue chip ratio tells us and confirms to us what we think about them on film. They're extremely talented. Um, the quarterback's the issue. The quarterback is the, the limitations of this football team, okay? And it will remain as such until he doubles down, okay? I need another performance like you had on the road at Texas A&M. North Carolina coming in at number nine. They can score with anybody on the slate except for maybe Washington. Okay, I think offensively, I was asking the boys today, and I will ask you the chat today. Okay, if I said, okay, across college football, who has the most consistent and known commodity offensively? You would immediately run to Washington. You would immediately run to who? 
USC. You would immediately run to USC, except they got put in a box the last two weeks. You would immediately run to Texas, except ah, they got, you know, some Michigan. games where they're up and down performance. Huh? Michigan? You would say Michigan, okay, but maybe. they seem kind of <laughs> schedule heavy right now. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Right? Ohio State's looking a little up and down, right? How many offenses in the sport can you really say, guaranteed, if I need 38 points, they're going to give it to me today, no matter what against anybody? Oregon. North Carolina, Oregon, okay, Washington. That's about really it. Okay, so North Carolina comes in at number nine for me. Texas in at number eight. They have the second best win in college football and the best loss in college football. Oklahoma at six, I think it's too low. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to go ahead and critique my own list. I think Oklahoma at six is way too low, but where are you going to put them? Okay, where are you going to put them? Uh, Number five, I got Florida State, and I'm honestly fading them as the week goes. As the weeks go, I picked them this year to be in the college football playoff at the beginning of the year. I love the take. I hope it lands. Honestly, I hope I'm so right it makes me sick. Okay, but right now, midway through the season, boy, if they don't look like some ACC mid. If they don't look like some daggum 2018, 2017 Clemson ACC mid, I don't know what it is. I ran down the Clemson records today. I went and looked at them. You know the year that they got throttled 24-6? I mean, manhandled against Alabama in the first round of college football playoff because the ACC was some mid. Look at this roster. Look at this schedule right here. They got a 28-14 win over a rankless uh, Wake Forest. They got a three-point loss to a rankless Syracuse. They got a 14-point win at home against a dog shit Georgia Tech football team. They got a seven-point win on the road against NC State. Okay, A bunch of mid on this schedule. A bunch of ACC mid on this schedule, and I'll be damned if Florida State ain't going to do it again. I got them at number five. Number four, I got Ohio State. It's a defensive-led Ohio State. I'll say it again, and I'll keep saying it. That is a defensive-led football team. They're a defensive-led football team. Washington in at number three. Great win. Okay, we've been singing your praises around here forever. Our boy Murray, friend of the show, got flamed today for calling them the 2019 or a version of the 2019 LSU. I, I, the take's been the take here. We know what it is. They're 2022 Ohio State, okay? They don't have the defense that LSU had in 2019. That team had eight or nine for, like NFL football players on the defensive side of the football. Claybon Chase on, Derek Stingley, uh, 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 a nose tackle, uh, a Patrick Queen, a linebacker, okay? They had a safety that played in the league. Had another corner that ended up – NFL guys all over the football field. Washington does not have that. Washington has what Ohio State had defensively last year where, hey – here and there, you might give up 35, but it's okay because we scored 52 today. That's okay. That's what they are. I got them in at number three. Tremendous win at home. But again, I was just as impressed with Oregon Saturday as I was with Washington in that loss. Uh, Michigan, yep, at number two. Georgia at number one. We're going to find out Wait, about would you Georgia. Have, would you have Penn State? Uh, Penn State. I skipped over a couple of guys here. Uh, Penn State was missed on the rankings. Oh. I missed them. <laughs> let's slide them in. Let's uh, let's bump Oregon down. Let's put Penn State at number seven. Okay, Penn State at number seven. So Mizzou's off the list. They have a bye week this week. Is that why I forgot them? Uh, no, they no. play Ohio State this week. No, I'm no, they beat the week. shit out of uh, UMass. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. mine as well. So yeah, so pretty much did. Had a bye week this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna slide them in at number seven. Bump everybody else down. All the one losses down. So they get to remain. They're the they're the lowest ranked undefeated team on the on the slate right now for me. Hmm. Um. But, hey, the good news for Penn State fans that are going to shit on me right now that don't exist listening to this show yet, you might one day. Um, who have you played? And your season's ahead of you. Okay? Handle Ohio State, handle Michigan, you're good. All right, some of the chat's already saying that Penn State's going to beat Ohio State this year. I don't know about that. Man, we are over. Hey, appreciate you guys for listening tonight. Love you. We'll see you tomorrow.